Hello. Good to have you back. Good to be back for the most part. Good to be back, generally speaking. Um, <clears throat> verbs, nouns, words, um, adjectives. These are some of the things that you will receive um, just by learning from my diatribe today. Just from hearing from my version of my diatribe, you could really learn something. You could really, you could really benefit. And I am a very beneficent guy, and that's kind of the word that you use for somebody who's beneficial. People can't ever figure it out. The word is like, oh, you're, people just say, oh, it benefits you. Rather than, uh, because they can't figure it out, the adjective for the person that's being beneficial, it's beneficent. But nobody's going to go to the length of saying that because this isn't the 1800s and the druids were eradicated already so we don't really have to deal or worry about that we don't have to deal in that we don't have to deal in druid culture or terms not necessarily i mean whatever impact that they've had it's kind of too late that we would eradicate that all the cultures probably influence something um it's not up to me or you um so I'm in a football, like, fantasy football league. Not really. It's just a league where I pick the winners of games. I'm leading the league. I can't figure out if I'm supposed to pick the Falcons or the Saints today. It will mostly determine whether or not I end up winning this league definitively. I have to figure out which one is right, and I can't figure it out. And, um... It, the game will start near the time that I'm done with this episode, and I have to pick one of them. And uh, I think that I'm going to pick the Falcons because uh, Matt Ryan plays well in meaningless games, and the Falcons are out of the playoffs. And um, they, the Saints, who they're playing, can still make the playoffs. But if you don't care about football, then you're not interested in that. But... Um, but um, I did come here today to tell you what you are or aren't interested in. That's my decision and that's my choice. And you're just going to have to take it or leave it because if you wanted to go to a podcast where they weren't going to tell you what you'd be interested in, um, I'll tell you whether or not you like football. This is the podcast that does that. This is a podcast that decides for you what you like. And... Um, I'll tell you. I mean, if you were somebody who couldn't figure out what you wanted or what you liked, hopefully. I mean, I would imagine that isn't what my audience is. What would my audience be? I don't know. What's my key demographic? Who am I targeting? Um, probably like males age 70 to 85 is kind of what I've been aiming at. That's who I, that's what I've been trying to get. Um, and then females who are 90 to 105. So like the Betty White. Uh, bracket is kind of what I was what I was assuming is what was listening to me um, that's what I thought anyway um, both anybody ages two to four three-year-olds I thought was hopefully was what was listening to me um, I don't know um, so but there's there's God and God's real cool. Like if I uh, 
and, and let me tell you about that seriously. Let me tell you about, oh, Jesus. You know about God and Jesus and the combination therein? Do you know about God's relationship to Jesus? I think that Christians don't differentiate between the two enough, between Jesus and God, um, because Jesus is like, Jesus is like this guy, you know, right? You know, it's like Jesus is like this guy. And um, he's like, seriously, like, we should seriously worship Jesus is kind of what generally, when you think about it, and who he is, um, Jesus is very real. He never had any plastic surgery. Um, he rose again from the dead and that none of that is half-baked. That was pretty serious. That was pretty serious that he did that. That really happened. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I'm not trying to be sarcastic or anything. I but you would anybody would interpret anything and the people are just interpreting all of a lot of what I would say as sarcastic if they can't figure it out or uh they're like I mean but maybe maybe I'm just aiming to uh strike the balance between sarcastic and not when I talk or um but like if I open my fridge and the drawer the plastic piece of shit drawer holder that's holding all the like caesar dressing and ketchup bottles up um when that comes apart when i open the fridge and all of those bottles fall to the floor like i'm blaming jesus for that one that's mostly jesus's fault i think jesus could have prevented that and it's like jesus is making my day bad today because I mean, he really shouldn't have intervened and made that made my refrigerator come apart and made inconvenience me. Jesus is constantly inconveniencing me with his gift of uh, endless salvation that I don't have to do anything to receive, and um, he's the portrait of inconvenience. Um, <laughs> like when he died on the crisscross. Um, Jesus is going to die on the crisscross at 2 later if you want to come. Me and um, Sharon are going. Me and Sharon are going to go watch Jesus die on the crisscross at 2 p.m. if you want to make it. Do you believe me? We're going to believe it too afterward. And we're going to believe it for thousands of years. I think that it's funny that uh, people are... Um, you know, it's just, here's, here's the problem I'm thinking about. I need to work on my style, I guess. Here's the thing, dude, dude, here's the fucking plan. And here's the problem is that I was thinking about it recently. Oh, like I probably should work on my style in life. That's not really something you think about at age 29. I mean, but that's not something you should be thinking about anyway. What's my style going to look like? I don't think that that's a sentence that anybody should formulate unless they're a fucking murderer of some kind or just ne'er-do-well um, outlier of society, deviant. Uh, what is my style going to be? Let me presume, let me presume beforehand, let me uh, premeditate from my imagination what would appear how how would manifest my style how how my style would manifest itself like work on my style i need to but in reality i'm not i'm not joking like 
I should work on my style. What does my style look like? What's my persona? Um, like you, you need to have style or something like that. I mean, do I want to, I do, I guess, want to have style, but it's not like you couldn't formulate your way to having style or charisma. Um, you would just have to have it already. Obviously, that's why it would be stupid to be like, what's my style going to be? People see my style, my style, style isn't something you, but like, um, I'm not, but obviously that's, that's gross. That's, that's repulsive to, um, bring up to somebody. This is like a, to allude to, or reference your own style. Um, no, thanks. You bypass anybody who would come close to doing that. I would. This is my style. This is what, um, this is consistently how I come across and it's in these ways with this color and this style this kind of car is how I do you see how I portray myself and but I'm saying I need to work on my um style but I'm just talking about being confident with the thing that I'm already doing that's what I mean work on your style but it's funny when people are uh I think they get all head over heels about confidence and they're like confidence is so sexy and uh it's there's people like Dave Portnoy and um Andrew Schultz that they they got it in their head that all that they needed to do in life was be confident. I mean, I guess I don't really know what Andrew Schultz has going on. I haven't seen a lot of him. It's just he seems like somebody who's like, well, the world wants a confident person and all that I have to do is be confident. Or um, it's just it's just interesting when you, what, when you see what appears to be somebody who has uh, concluded, they've summed it all up to confidence because confidence is good to have it's just that you don't want to make that the singular solution for fixing your life but people are people uh at least in america they because america is so bent on success they're like success is the only good outcome so confidence always like increased confidence causes increased success i mean does it always not really because confidence can be repulsive to people but I mean, it's generally a pretty attractive quality. Um, con confidence, confiding. Um, but Andrew Shaw, like Dave Pornoy is just like, hey, I'm very confident, by the way. Or I guess it's just like, oh, well, I'm the alpha here. Like Dave Pornoy makes it a point to say that he's the top dog at the company that he created. So all of the talent that you see in Barstool, that is propagated by him he created it he originated it obviously propagate is the same thing as originate everyone knows that i'm just useless synonyms like i'm a pastor or something you know what's really annoying is when pastors are like they just like redundant synonyms just so they can show you that they're on a roll or just to get the just to get the energy up or to show you that they're um talented or that they're with it or that they can come up with words since that's their job but i mean it's annoying when the synonyms are the same and you're like yeah we know what you're doing buddy it's the same thing as if when um your mom or somebody or like if your mom tells you to do things around the house and then she keeps coming up with a bunch of phrases just to overwhelm you with how much work that you have to do which is something that my mom has done before. Like, uh, there would be, 
like if there's a couple things lying around, my mom will point out any singular thing that I need to get rid of in the living room before somebody was coming over in the event that like uh, if I was a kid or whatever and then uh, I, we needed to clean up for somebody coming over. It's like my mom likes to make it so that it's this giant dramatic situation where all of the shit needs to be done when she's really just talking about like cleaning up a few crap things in one room and it'll probably take five seconds she likes to act like uh all this difficult shit is needs to go down but or like the world is basically tilted against us so much that there's no way we'll finish whatever we need to do and it's like a hopeless situation uh that's that's the kind of scenario or picture that i feel like my mom would want to show to me she would like to tell me that the situation is hopeless but i mean she does watch the local news a lot and um so she likes the idea that n you couldn't even go anywhere like the chance of you being murdered is like five percent because of all the murderers so local news is um you know how they you know how they get um there's there's the covid and then um there's the covid vaccines and then um, it's, you know what, I don't need to be energetic. I don't, I don't need to have energy. I, I don't necessarily have any energy today. So I was like, I'm not going to like, oh, I'm not going to like say, uh, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to like say something really poignant every time. I'm not going for poignance points here. I'm not going for poignance points. I was texting my friend and my friend likes, uh, logic, the, the guy who raps logic and um, he changed his name to Logic, the guy who raps. And I don't know that that was a good career choice, but it didn't actually happen. I was kidding. And um, so please give me freedom to make that statement. Oh, yeah, I'm spreading misinformation about Logic, the guy who raps, even though he is a guy who raps. Hey, but don't skew the title of his name. Logic made it really far to not be called logic the guy who raps okay he accomplished a lot more than you for you to be spreading misinformation about the title you call logic the guy who raps that's not actually what you're supposed to say he's actually done a lot for to not be called that for you to respect him as logic is what he told me um duh i was texting my friend and my friend likes logic and i don't and she was like she was like, oh, you need to listen to this podcast where Logic came on to this guy's podcast and told about his life story and his life's journey or whatever. And I was like, I texted my friend. I was like, why is it always with this guy, Logic, that it's about his developing story and the journey of his life? Why is that? Why Why is he always trying to paint this romantic picture? picture? Shouldn't he let... I mean, I didn't say this, but basically, shouldn't you let your music speak for yourself? Why is this guy always acting like he's this american hero is essentially what i mean and she said because his journey is the most poignant thing about him and i said well so he's just going for poignance points then i guess and that was a poignant thing i said i guess that's why i brought it up i was going for poignance points today a Little did I know, against my will, I'm no better than logic. I'm also going for poignance points. Fuck me. <sighs> Somebody just needs to beat me to half to death so that I don't so that I don't keep thinking that I can come on here and be like, listen to this poignant text I made. 
Won't somebody just beat me near death so that I can have new life circumstances? I have to move to a new city so I can wash myself of the life that I've had to this point. I can't take it anymore. Um, my heart goes out to my future self and the future city I'll be living in. My heart cries out from these dire straits, these dire uh, George Strait or Whistling Straits, Strait George Strait. These no, what am I thinking of? Straight. There, like, there's some country band, like a duo, not George Strait. I feel like that has Straight in their name. The Straits, like Straight and Narrow. I don't, I don't know. Hi, we're Straight and Narrow. I guess they're probably like Salt and Peppa Pig. I guess, um, I guess uh, Straight and Narrow would probably be a folk duo somewhere. Hi, we're the Straight and Narrow. We only sing songs about getting to paradise. One day we'll be in paradise and we don't like it here, but we'll play you some songs in the meantime. We're the straight and narrow. I feel like there is a straight, maybe I'm just thinking of George Strait. That's a, that is a not gay guy, George Strait. He's pretty straight. He's one of the, um, one of the f leaders in straightness in today's climate. Very few people will you find as leaders in today's climate that are really shaping the new world for our children and for f future generations. Um, I hope that you're doing your best to influence the entire world with your words today. I, I hope that a sentence doesn't come out of your mouth without you thinking about how it impacts literally every person because that's the most efficient way to live, as you well know. Um, yeah, and like um, if you want to smoke enough that smoke enough cigarettes that you have to get a tracheotomy, then do it. That's kind of like a tattoo. It's kind of cool to have one of those, right? It's like, when did you get your tracheotomy? You're not tougher than me. You didn't get a tracheotomy. Isn't that how the world works? Yeah, do you see my tracheotomy? That's going to be um, my style. My style, like, what if that's your style? You have that permanent decoration, a circle in your throat. Do you see this circle? I was thinking about getting it pierced. You get a tracheotomy pierced. Um, yeah, well, I already have both my ears and my belly button, so I just figured, like, as long as there's these other uh, other holes in my body that I pierced them and around them, that um, so this new hole was formed. Um, you get one, but for for just for decoration's sake. Yeah, I wanted to decorate my body. I thought a tracheotomy, like most people don't do that if it's not um, necessary. So most people like, I wanted to make a statement about tracheotomy, so I got one. I don't like that tracheotomies are always portrayed as serious. I thought that it was, I thought that there should be an ironic one. And so I received one for me and myself. Um, but then I pierced it because that looks dope. And I pierced it with, um, you get a, uh, what, a gauge? <laughs> you know, gauge. Yeah, I just figured that since I got this tracheotomy that it would probably be best to fill it with a gauge. That's what I determined with my logic. That's what logic did. You know the guy who does rap? 
the rap god what if he came out and he's like i'm the rap god or like over eminem even though like eminem kind of already claims that title by making the song and then like rapping really fast as if he was a rap god for the entire course of the song the song's like almost seven maybe like seven minutes long the song rap god by eminem and um i mean he lays claim to being a rap god and then what if logic came out and he's like well, logically speaking, uh, like, I guess he could kind of preface anything he said or did. Well, logically speaking, I deserve to be up here. Logic, logically, but he is logic. I don't know why you decide that. Well, logic, that's pretty, like, you're really going into that you're a white rapper, I think. Well, logic says, uh, logic is pretty white. Like, you're emphasizing that you're already of white skin. But I'm sure that he's probably like one of those people that's two fifteenths Cherokee or whatever, right? Isn't he? He's probably like, well, my ancestor was Jason Momoa, and so I'm a Samoan or however that works. I assume Jason Momoa is Pacific Islander. I was watching this. Uh, I was watching the Fall of Civilizations podcast I've referenced on here before, and they're talking about Easter Island. That was one of the civilizations they're talking about. And it's very, it's strange to think about the Easter Island or any group of people that lives on a Pacific Island before uh, like Europe catches up to them or before um, people traveling the globe catch up to the people who are cultures that are existing on Pacific Islands. And because, because of the dire situation or like, um, you, I feel like you would be faced with a lot of nihilism actually living on that island because your entire world is just this tiny island. Like, even if you come up with a religion or whatever, like it would seem to me if your entire world was this island, you would it would be pretty closed off or you wouldn't have, um, like you'd be really sheltered or something. You wouldn't have anywhere to go. There wouldn't be very many paths to go in life if like your entire life was because this culture traveled eventually like people who were going from island to island in the pacific islands were um i they were taking over these islands and inhabiting them and deciding to live there for whatever reason but for whatever reason this group of pacific islanders traveled they just travel from one island to the next and over like hundreds of years they inhabit all of these tiny islands by traveling from the nearest one to the next nearest one and then they finally get out like easter island is actually one of the farthest ones out in the pacific ocean but um basically i was watching this fall of civilizations and they were saying that they moved the easter island head statues by standing them upright because they're like um straight up in the air you can already picture with the head but the statue is actually a full body but people think that it's a head because of the uh, because the just the head itself got a lot of publicity um, over the statues that are the full body, and a lot of the Easter Island heads are attached to a whole body, but the whole body is like underground because they got buried over time. Because basically, this these Easter Island people would carve out one of these giant Easter Island heads that's connected to a body, and then they would stand it upright. And then they would um, walk it 
to the to like some place by the shore where they kept all of them so that so that they could worship it and that was like their entire religion but basically their entire existence was based around getting as many of these easter island head statues to this one location they're just like well the more the better basically and they just kept making them carving them out of stone and then moving them to this place but everyone's like how did they move these statues um and that's a stupid question because obviously they moved them. I don't really understand why people freak out about that or like you're kind of not focusing on the th- the thing. You're not focusing on the real problem. I don't I don't know. I, don't, I guess I don't feel like being serious today. Um, but basically they stood these statues upright. They tied a bunch of ropes around the head of the statue. Like they didn't roll them or anything. They stood them up completely vertical and then they gradually moved the statue like inches at a time because they tied ropes around the top of it and then swung it back and forth so that the statue which is a full body basically walked from the place they carved it down to the worship area and they they moved it that way by they they swung it back and forth moving it inches at a time so that this whole body thing basically walked the same way that a person would and so just goes to show that you don't need to spend hundreds of years trying to figure out oh how they how they move it when you already see the result that they did move it you're like oh it's impossible people think that it was aliens i don't really understand that like whenever they say that about egypt the pyramids how do these people make the, the pyramids it's not really that it's that they like obviously they made them you don't need to like they came up with something and also it's just a way of people inferring that previous cultures were so stupid that they couldn't have had the technology and that's kind of just uh that's just kind of like a racist thing that people do or like europeans that come upon the easter island and all of the villagers there they the europeans end up writing the history of this island because they take it over or whatever i mean they eventually Europeans settle there and then they eradicate all of the traditions of this group of people and eventually that group of people that believe in the that specific thing the Easter Island statues they all die off and what's left are just Europeans and Europeans write the history of it they like Europeans are the ones who control the history of coming upon the island and that's how it's described uh historically because that group of people isn't around to be like oh this is actually what happened that group of people gets eradicated and so the history is told by the people that are left over the Europeans and the Europeans tell it like these tribal people are all idiots and but like the tribal people actually tell them directly this is how we move these statues they're like we they walked but um like we walked them there is what the tribes said to the europeans who came and asked them the account of how you move these statues and um the europeans are basically like oh they're being sarcastic or they're too stupid to form they've they're just making something up but it's just kind of like they infer that this group of people doesn't have any technology or aren't smart enough to actually move this and it had to be it's too supernatural too mysterious like the really the answer to that mystery is uh a certain amount of racism that happens across history in in that case and in a lot of cases where we infer that these tribes of people are so much less intelligent just because of their conditions or something or it's kind of like lack of recognizing um humanity and then it causes the europeans who write the history to come up with all these stereotypes of like well they're just 
not uh, they can't communicate how they did it, even though they're this tribe is telling them exactly how they did it. And then what gets written historically and then what gets passed along to everybody in America is that there are these Easter Island heads and this tribe that made them. We have no idea how they got how they moved them or or whatever. But um, it's really like there's a simple explanation, but there's a, I'd say that that is uh, closed mindedness towards the the intelligence or the capability of past civilizations or tribes or whatever, and is kind of like a certain kind of racism that comes with, uh, uh, I mean, the colonialism or the superimposing of British or Americanized or English culture over um, over everything that they end up kind of controlling a lot of a lot of history in different parts of the world, um, and I, I'd say it's a similar thing with. Uh, I think that Americans tend to look at Africa and say that they are so far below us that they barely even have cultures or something. And that's part of the reason why we don't take the time to figure out what the countries are. We're so much more likely to know the names of European countries than uh, African ones when um, when they are divided in the same way, when they are neatly uh, sectioned off. And like, that's an English influence that African countries are sectioned off that way in the same way that England came over to America and then the United States what results with the United States is this very Englishified um, thing where all of the territories are set in stone whereas like when the Native Americans were here they didn't have that English tradition of making everything um, liable to the law basically but it's like uh, Eng- England comes along and the English way of things makes everything more within laws like North Dakota is this shape and everything that takes place in North Dakota is liable to North Dakota or like you'll be um, you'll be you can't break a law here in North Dakota because then it'll be under the North Dakota code um, I mean like the shape of North Dakota is so set in stone that it is that law but it's like when the Native Americans were doing their thing. They didn't have these strict borders for the states. They're like, well, it was ambiguous where the Sioux tribe territory ended and um, the other ones like Potawatomi began or or whatever. It was like people didn't know the territories exactly, but England comes along and they're like, well, the territories need to be exactly this way because we need to know the law as pertains to the group of people for this area. Like the law has to prevail and um, I feel like there's that Eng- English influence happens, but I don't really feel like being serious. I'm just not very energized about being serious about something that I'm like talking seriously about. I mean, I need to work on my style. I don't say that I necessarily have any right now, or um, but I mean, just sometimes I'm kind of like tired or not really into it. Or um, but I guess that kind of happens like maybe thirty minutes in. Um. Or, I mean, sometimes I just, I don't have as much to say about, uh, but it's more like getting to that place, getting to that place where I want to say it um, makes me a real guy. That makes me real. Now I'm a real guy. I'm sorry for, I'm sorry for any lack of motivation that I had today. That's my bad. Um, That's my problem and that's my issue. Maybe one day I'll be a real guy who says the real things. Is like, oh, that's the style. Or maybe one day I'll think that I have one. Or um, 
like, but obviously style is kind of more something that you push forward with. Like it's more, uh, it's more unique. It's more something you choose. That's what I'm saying. Being, uh, oh, these are the things I chose. Definitely being more definitive about the way that I portray myself. I mean, you don't like, uh, if you really go into style, then that's more difficult because you can be ridiculed for your style. And, um, rather than that you're, but I mean, uh, it's not like I don't, it's not like I don't have style, but, um, I mean, work on the, oh, I push forward with the thing, or I'm definitely choosing to do this because then you're really making something, but it's kind of like money is that I'd, I'd say money is anytime you're saying words or any point of reference and words come out of people's mouths. Like, uh, people are like a factory and then, um, every word that they say is a factor and then they roll it into a sentence and sentence is the product or the one, the one integrated instance that is resultant of all of the factors and factors are words. People are like factories and they're producing, um, factors, they're producing factors and, um, then they go and they exchange those factors that they know with other people and you go and have conversations and that's the same thing as exchange or trade the same way that you exchange money or trade money you go and trade the words that you know with other people and to some in some senses the words that you know are like artifacts and you have a collection of artifacts that you get to trade and show to other people and other people get to take them and use them but it's like you know words that other people don't because you have deciphered the key to some word or some territory of some word that some other person hasn't necessarily deciphered. So you own the key to certain words that you have in your vocabulary and you trade in them with other people when you come around. And to, in some senses, the word, the collection of words you have is what tells you uh, what people that you hang out with or you might get into better classes of people with your the better that you're able to trade in words or like s share your personality. Um, but it's like the collection of words you have is a collection of uh, different, like every, different sets of energy. Different words are just different energies that you get to embody and like your set of different energies or frequencies that you share in with other people when you talk with them and you uh, speak your words. Um, those are like a set of artifacts that you have, a, a collection of ha that you have. Um, set of things that you've collected but it's like you trade in them and in some senses the whole economy the people make this giant store like uh kmart i mean uh or kohl's or you know what is another giant store best buy that's three of them that i've said now and uh there's this other one it was called circuit city that was a big store you know what else is a big store sometimes tj maxx but that's like not as big but it's kind of big it's kind of like uh, office depot level and that's a big store but people make these giant ass fucking stores that you get to go there and exchange and like you exchange in words and share your artifacts or whatever is like based on the collection of what you've collected but then you might go to office depot which is a giant store and exchange for what they their set of artifacts at office depot with you exchange it with your money and money that you've collected um money that you've collected based on what you've done to this point in, in life. But it's kind of like, I'm talking about making money and people use the term, phrase make money so often that um, they, and they use it basically to say 
collecting money like you work a 40-hour week you made this money you didn't really make it the company made it the company upon existing and creating a service that wasn't there before makes the money there's a difference between making money and collecting money you for people for their part did make money in some senses because they computed what they computed for the good of the company for their part in the for them being the cog in the machine of the company uh, they did make some of the money on their own just based on what they accomplished in their job title. But it's really like the company as a whole is what is making the money. You're just kind of like um, you're collecting it mostly. But there is like making money is is that I'd, I'd say it's, it's something similar just to talking as opposed to not talking. You're If you're talking, you're making money. It's just kind of like. I mean, it's just kind of like coming or something. It's just kind of like um, making come. It's like making money. I don't know. Because you, uh, as opposed to not, you make money, you make these points of reference, or you're just talking a lot and speaking into existence. Uh, that's what it is. It's just it's just squirting. So um, is like making money as opposed to not, or um, you come you come up with your set of things that you're sharing into the world, you get to exchange what you've come up with, or I mean, you're creating what, the same way that you squirt, you create new kids, or I mean, just spread your seed and spread your influence on the world with uh, what you do. Um, I, I don't know, I, I don't know why I decided to bring that up just to further, just to embarrass myself or, you know, like, but I'm capable of saying any, any of these words at any time. Like I don't have to be, um, so sexually repressed that I'm not mentioning, uh, um, the colloquial squirting as a, you know, as an explanation for, but I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be crass. I just, and I don't want to turn off my audience. The audience probably doesn't want crassness or like, oh, you, if you start to be vulgar, but you know what? The audience has withstood enough to this point that they would probably be okay with that. Um, and you you know what I mean. And like people, if you make money the same way you make, the same way you make babies, like you didn't have to do it. And um, what I'm talking about is exchanging and I'm trying to see if I can overthrow my entire uh, episode to this point just by just by screwing around, just by saying words that I think that people will turn it off if I say them because they think I'm gross or something. But, you know, I have I have my own problems. I have my own issues with um, not looking uh, like a bad guy, even though maybe maybe I am sort of like not that great of a guy. Or, um, But I do get angry at my dog, and maybe in, in this world that makes me a bad guy. And Really, the more that I have a dog is the more that this situation is. Um, but I, I'm saying that people trade, and it really used to be the case that um, you had to have, like, if you had an empire, it was over a certain territory. Like, that's the way that empires used to work. But in America, America as an empire really did a number on our image of an empire because America came up with all these sub empires that distribute themselves everywhere. Like when McDonald's franchises itself, this is an empire like at that point, And there's McDonald's everywhere. Empires have the ability to, uh, decentralize themselves to, they're not centered in one location. 
they have the ability to decentralize themselves to many different locations. And there's so many of those empires in America, like that's probably one of the lasting, one of the most lasting impacts of America is the uh, decentralization of empires. Like Americana is kind of that there's a Home Depot and a Best Buy next to a Michael's or like the giant parking lot that is America, the giant shopping mall that it is because of the franchising of like a McDonald's, like, and then the homogeneity of there's always a McDonald's this far away from a Wendy's, like, and it's, it's a decentralization of all those empires because really Home Depot is its own empire. It has its own aristocracy. Um, it has, has its own CEOs and uh, its own hierarchy, like its own plutocracy does a Home Depot. And it's the same with Best Buy has its own set of CEOs. And every one of those things is an empire. It's just that empires used to have to exist over one location. And basically, if an empire was really big, it, a lot of times it's because it was relying on the strength of a trade city that was near that was at like the crossroads of the world. And so it was able to trade in all the new technologies that the rest of the world was coming up with. But it's kind of like the your ability to be um, open or ad, advance yourself or be like advance relative to competitors or or win a game or be the best or progress the furthest like one empire versus other ones is uh in some senses that's based on how much it is able to trade how much how open it is to other technologies from other places and how much it's willing to accept those so that it can better itself and take on new technologies and that's what people do just by uh talking to each other and and sharing in each other's collection of artifacts that they've collected but in some senses that there's a home depot and uh like a michael's and a best buy and in applebee's the those it's and then you can exchange in what you've collected with all of those places and get something in return it's sort of like a projection of our imagination that like we say that oh it carries out in these giant this macro sense or in this grander scale where you have to go in this big store i mean that big store itself is just an imagination like uh like the inside of a best buy that's uh, everything is based on best buy or carried out in best buy's terms and everybody who works there or stays in there all the time is uh best buy is part of the best buy experience but it's like that on its own is just its own reality and its own imagination but that there are all of these uh imaginations if you or if you want to call it that or all of these stores that you can go into and exchange in them it's like uh it's kind of a picture of that there are all these people in the world that you can exchange with in the same way that people are factories and then they just squirt out all of these words that are specific to them and their style and what they would what they would come up with versus what somebody else would come up with or what they've collected because the words that you collect are the ones that are particular to you or the ones that are interesting to you and then what results from you talking but like uh the need to the need to make this uh but this way a corporation is like a collection of a bunch of people but um, you used to have to rely on like a giant trade city if you were an empire. An empire had to stay in one location, and then they're like they trade with uh, the empires around them basically through a trade city or a giant exchange. But it's like with cryptocurrency, you have these giant 
um, exchanges that kind of work like a major trade city back in the day when empires were uh, based in physical land. But now since empires can be just digital or imagined more so they're in, and manipulated by manipulated by people without people having to do anything or conquer lots of land. It's it's just like Home Depot realized, hey, what's really great is there's like, I, I'm talking about there's this technological innovation that America did that it's like people don't really put it into words this way or give them credit for doing it where they, I mean, um, because McDonald's gets credit for being kind of like the first major franchised thing. But McDonald's was like, because McDonald's is its own empire and they're like, you know, it'd be really great for trade is if our empire was located every single place in the world. And that way we can trade everywhere. Like at the point that an empire realized it didn't have to be uh, singled to one location. Um, and McDonald's like we can trade everywhere. Then they've set up trading ports, trade ports for themselves every place in the world. And then at that point they don't. Um, I mean, they can be open to every place in the world just because they decided, just because uh, the world graduated to this level where they didn't have the superstition of thinking like, well, an empire has to exist in the same place or, or something like loyalty to a single location for one empire. It doesn't have to be that way. An empire can sell itself out as much as it wants, decentralize itself and trade wherever. Like people probably used to think that that was against the rules or something. It was like, that's impossible. But at some point we realize, but that's usually what intelligence is or uh, development for humanity is they just started to do something that was already available for them to do but like superstitiously they thought that they couldn't do it and um you know this isn't um this isn't um the most important thing that you'll ever hear i'm sorry i wish i could say the most important thing it's just that there aren't any answers so i don't have the answer like this is the episode that really made it a good episode i wish that there was that i keep it's like i keep thinking that there would be or a little bit or like that there is an answer or like oh i'm gonna now this is like if i try if i get into thinking selling out for a good episode or something like oh this is a good episode is like oh this is the this is a good one or like that's a good one or i need to do what this episode looked like because that was a good episode it's not really about a good episode it's just about making an episode that isn't bad but like um i think that it works like this if you're making content it works like the following and so like i'm talking about how there's that trade and there's like trade um but people trade that's what it, that's what a conversation is you get to exchange and all the factors and um but like any time that you are making just when you're talking as opposed to not that's a choice that you make and like, um, I guess what I'm talking about is continuing to make the choice to continue to make choices, to continue to go forward, to do th like you can be in the mode of doing things like kind of like be unidentified or be in motion or you can be not in motion. But it's like Joe Rogan already beats all the critics because he just makes four or five three hour episodes every single week. It like and he's and that is what making money is he's just he just continues 
to make money. He, but it's like being prolific, and that's kind of what money is. Is the point that I'm making is like being prolific, making something is making money. That is what money is. Is the choice to do something as opposed to not doing it because it's like, um, it's it's not necessarily going to bring you money to talk. But it's like to stand behind words or say that you have something to say, bring that up to people and go forward with what you're saying. You're in this business of being in motion more and doing things and creating things. Like when you're saying words, nobody else said that set of words. And it's kind of in and it's something that you created. The sentences that you say are products specific to you that you create and you go forward with them. And um, like like um, Jesus Jesus made it that way. But when Joe Rogan makes five episodes a week, it doesn't matter if the content is good, really, because if he just keeps making it, then you like, and it proves, at least in his case, he's always making money. And, but it's because he already had a following, whatever he already like and set himself up for success, whatever is in terms of like the amount of money he actually makes. That's not really what I'm talking about, but he does end up making a ton of money as a result of being the most prolific podcaster. But like, um, it's it's like it doesn't it actually matters zero what any critic says if he makes five more episodes he's like ah fuck it if you're continuing to go forward then you silence all critics it doesn't matter he doesn't have uh like because what he's doing is just based in motion if what you're doing is based in motion then um you're good like all he does is align himself with what is currently happening or in other words he bases his platform in motion as opposed to not motion like you would be basing it less in motion the fewer episodes that you made because you're because like um that shows that you have less to say or you're just you're being overshadowed by other people's narratives and stories the less that you're talking or the less that you're putting your thing out there but like um like style doesn't style is obviously particular to you it's like um Duh, did you know that style is kind of yours? Do you know that your style is like your style, if you like style, but it's kind of like decorated and um, decorated, identified, but the more stylistic it is, the more identified it is. Like if you're very much style, you're very much, if you're like a character all the time, but that's like a choice, but it's kind of like, um, I mean, I don't know that I like it when people say, oh, that person's a character, but I understand the sentiment of it. I think that that's that's probably a positive thing to try to be because people are like, oh, that person's a character. I like them. I wish. And the common trope is this town sucks. There's no characters here or this bar has a lot of characters. This is a good bar. Like, oh, there's characters here. But like that's a um, that what you want to do is be a character and know that you are because in that in that way you would have um you know that life is about being a character but like the point at which you're portraying yourself or talking at all the uh, that's that's performance and um i think i think anytime you're talking it's performance it's just that if you're a character then you have successfully embraced the fact that all of it is a performance and then you're willing to accept that you're just playing like and that's a that's a question ongoing question I have is like are you always just a character as long as you're talking because that sits in contrast to not talking but then like if you're not talking then you're letting the perceptions and judgments of other people win but like uh, at the second that you're speaking less or less 
arguing for your own position in life. You're arguing for your position the more that you're talking, the more that you're just spreading your seed. Or I mean, I would call it like making money or just saying any word at all because you bringing up your collection of words is like, look at all of these uh, energies, colors and flavors contained to territories that you bring up like this set of words. Um, I mean, you talking as opposed to not bringing up points of reference, bringing up positions, more positional, more the more that you're bringing up words, you're bringing up positions like these are all the positions and points of reference that I'm bringing up. You're bringing up points of reference as opposed to blank spaces, blank spaces when you're not talking. If you're bringing up points of reference, this is what money, money is points, money is time, time, times are points like um times are points that's a little bit different from time as a collective but like times themselves are just i'm talking about objects or uh, anything that someone's shaped material into those are points and they're always for money all of the shit basically i look around my apartment i have bought all of it and you could have made some of the shit in your apartment but like even then you bought materials in most cases to make it and like um you like everything is everything that is a point of reference a lot of what is a point of reference is bought and i mean at least in your apartment but you wouldn't say that about a tree i guess but a tree is something you can make money off of as opposed to not a tree you can't it's like everything that there is is kind of for money because a tree we're like oh we can make money off of that as far as Generally speaking, humanity's relationship to trees for all of time is like, we see trees, we're like, oh, we could make money off of that. Or same with plants, like, oh, that'll be a medicine. Or it's like we try to make a use out of everything and uh, make it make it into money. Um, and uh, sporadic, I don't, I don't mean to be dirty or crass. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to state my point. So my position, but it's kind of like a, a dick versus uh vagina vagina is a nothing a dick is a point like it's a one as opposed to a zero there's a one zero dynamic i could get into the philosophy of what i would think about that but i mean i mean it would probably be interesting to m my audience or people that are already listening it's like a one zero masculinity femininity thing i'd be taking some liberties there and it would be something that in today's climate is like you're not supposed to talk about masculinity femininity or and like infer these things about relationships between ones and zeros or like points and not points i'd say that masculinity is identified and femininity femininity i think i'm going retarded my bad femininity is for um Unidentity. Masculinity is for identity. Masculinity is for points. Femininity is for unidentified. But like, uh, I know I, I'm kind of contradicting myself. I'm saying motion is unidentity, but that's more femininity. Like motion, unidentity, femininity, chaos, I would say, are so should all be correlated to each other. But um, I'm saying like, Joe Rogan makes a bunch of points, but he anchors it in something like motion or continual, like that's how many he's making. But I mean, I guess that's a marriage of both of them.
Like the more that you, but the dynamic I'm talking about there is you make enough points of reference, like Rogan makes enough episodes and he's just filling in lots of space. It becomes something more closer to motion if you make enough points of reference, like if the frequency is high enough, the same way with, um, same way with like the ultraviolet range of the electromagnetic spectrum, that's a relatively high set of frequencies and that's higher frequency than the visible spectrum the visual spectrum has lower frequencies than the ultraviolet range the ultraviolet range range like the frequency is so high there that you wouldn't i mean it's really high for this entire range in like relative to what the human eye is able to process or whatever like all of all of the frequencies in all of the electromagnetic spectrum are all like too fast for the human eye to process but basically a frequency that's really high like in the ultraviolet range is like the frequency is so much that you only see frequent frequented points every time as long as that's what you're counting and it's so fast that the entire space is like filled in i mean so many points of reference that the entire space is filled in is like you get closer to filling in the entire space the more points that there are the higher the frequency is and um what what i'm saying is like it becomes motion at out of what should have just been stationary motionless points of reference you do it enough it fills in a greater picture i don't know if that's profound hey i, I don't know i'm not going to say it's profound but i mean hey it's just it, that's just me you know i i just say things like that it's i, I don't know how it comes out of my mouth and it's up to someone else to decide, but like, I'm not going to say it, but, um, there's something to it and there's really something behind it. I, I, I'm not going to say that it's a big deal, but, um, but I need to get over, um, I mean, this isn't necessarily what I need to be doing the entire rest of my life is making this podcast. So like this, this podcast is part of my stylistic footprint on life um, is already true. But uh, to the extent that, I mean, uh, I I exercise the right to take whatever liberties in um, in uh, creating my style as, as anybody does, but is, I guess it's up to you. But I guess the question is, can you have style? That's the, Here's the real question though, as I close. Um, I don't know if I'll air this one, but I probably will. And, um, here's the question is that, like, here's the question. Do you, can you have style if you already don't necessarily have style? Or, like, do people have it when, is it possible to have it for people that presumably don't? But, um, I mean, I guess that's like, you don't want to write off everybody or just assume because it doesn't look like they don't have style that they don't for sure for all of their life. Or, or do people already all, all have style? It's just that some styles are so boring that you'd be like, you don't have any style, but like, it's probably more like that. Relatively speaking, everybody has it. It's just some people have so little of it that you're like, you don't even have any of it, but it's like, what is the, I, I'd say the more style you have is the more I Maybe it's the more identified, but it's like if it was a better style, that would be more eye-catching and it isn't necessarily identifiable or easily explained like a style. And um, like 21 Savage is like, he's talking about, he has this song and he said, everyone who rolls with me has style. Like his whole 
crew all have style. 21 Savage, there's lyrics in one of his songs. He's like, it's one of the, it's like in the chorus of the song, he's like, this is the main, this is one of the things about me. Like 21 Savage has so much style that everyone who rolls with him also has style. And like, that's not the most savage thing ever, but that's pretty savage. That's a savage thing to say. I'm like, wow, 21 Savage. And really 21 Savage is a genius because the entire, I feel like a lot of the gist with 21 Savage is that you don't, it doesn't really matter any one of his songs. He pretty much makes good on that same style over and over again. Uh, it's it, all of his songs sound the same. They uh, they have different beats and the mechanics of the song are different song to song. But when listening to Twenty One Savage, you really don't need to focus on any of that because that's not the point. You're not. It's not the point to listen to Twenty One Savage song and be like, oh, the beat is different in this one than the previous one. That's not the point. The point is that he called himself Twenty One Savage, and all of the lyrics and all of his songs paint him to be a savage rightly so then he gets to he gets to use this title to say in all of his songs like i'm a savage for these reasons and basically he's always saying things that are like a savage would he only wears watches that are a hundred thousand dollars he's a savage and then when i'm hearing his song i'm like wow this guy's such a savage and that's evident wow you really are that and i wish wow, I wish I was good enough to be that, but I didn't name myself 21 Savage, so I'll basically never get there until I title my act Savage Guy or, or something. But, I mean, it's kind of already been done, I, I would say. And um, just really, like, don't don't listen to the particulars of 21 Savage's songs. What matters is that he puts out the same product all the time. It kind of sounds the same, but, like, I, it's great to listen to. It's good music because of his style and identifiability. Um, because he makes that case for Savage so well, he makes good on it. And just goes to show that I think the title, artist title is really important. Um, and, um, like, what I'm saying is... What I'm saying is that, like, when he says that, like, everyone he, he hangs out with has style. Like, he does have a lot of style to be... Like, being a savage is pretty stylist, stylistic. You have a lot of style if you're a savage. And so, therefore, it's not necessary. It's not really a manipulated thing. It's obviously natural. The better you are at having style is more of a natural that you are more naturally like that it kind of correlates to natural ease of doing it steeziness correlates to uh style well obviously steezy is a word for style and ease and is a joke mostly i don't think i would ever use that word unironically steezy i'm do you see my steez it just doesn't really work because it's a it's an obvious jumbling of the word style and ease once you realize that that's what it is if anybody ever comes to you with steezy people come at you with steezy you don't really have to respect them okay just so you know i just like let's lay out the ground rules for people using this word going forward because people are like people probably are like oh by the way steezy that's just as passable as any thing that i sell myself as 
a cool guy through. Look, I'm a cool guy, said somebody. Or like, do you hear me say steezy? I didn't, I mean, it's kind of like a different thing that I was trying out. And it's like this new word that just came down the pipe pipeline. And, but it's not like a big deal. You don't have to respect that person because it's, a, because it's not encrypted enough of a word. You can, anybody can figure it out. Uh, does that make any sense to you? Um, style, like style is natural. Like, the way that being a savage is natural. Savages don't, or really savages, like you really don't. It's all about. It's all about not actually not caring. And so, no, not everybody, not everybody can arrive at style because a, mo a lot of people care about things too much. Like you have to care a lot less in order to optimize your style. Probably, that's my advice to you. Is that my advice to you or to myself? I'm not sure. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry for my inadequacy tonight or this evening or tomorrow or this t tonight or this later on, for this tonight later on for tomorrow. I mean whatever uh pro what it, forever adverb like people put the people put now and later in the adverb category right? That's silly. Aren't they just descriptions of like that's not really now I did it now. It's it's because it's describing that I did it when. It's not really a, I mean, God, it's like, I didn't know that there were so many problems, but I can't fix all of them. And um, I'll, I guess I'll try to appeal to the entire world on a later day and just settle for what I, what I did to save the entire world in this past hour just for, I'll just settle on that. And I don't, I'm not going to go back and change it because I don't do that. I don't edit anything because I'm a genius. Do you know how much of a genius you have to be to not edit something? This much of one. Do you see me on camera? Probably not. You're probably listening. That's most of the people. That's majority. All right. Um, I really got through that hour. You're welcome. Bye.